Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GRIP podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And, uh, you know, Sisu had an event last week where we had 50 of our team leaders out here. And I just want to thank you all for coming. Those of you who came out, had a great event. And those are something we're going to be putting on on a quarterly basis. So if you have not attended that event yet, I've had over a dozen team leaders now tell me that is the best event they've ever been to as far as uh, providing them with the, the tools they need to really build and scale their business. So that being said, I'd like to welcome Matt DeCourcy here with us today. And I just talked about scale. Matt is the founder of Full Scale, which is a company that Sisu actually uses. So excited to have Matt here with me today. Matt also has one of the biggest entrepreneur podcast shows out there called Startup Hustle Podcast. And uh, it's an honor to have him here. We're going to dig in. Matt's done a lot of other things too. He has a company called Gigabook. And if I were to describe you, Matt, based on my research, and we just met, but I would say you are a massive serial entrepreneur that is super passionate just about giving back and helping other entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs really scale and grow their businesses, which you and I share that. That's something we have in common. So uh, really excited to spend the time t- together today. So uh, what do you have to add to that, Matt? I, I'm a recovering serial entrepreneur. Okay. So what does that yeah. mean? What, what does that mean to be recovering? Well, I So a lot of different things. So, you know, I, I've been poking a lot of fun uh, at myself on the Startup Hustle podcast uh, this year. I turned 47. So I'm like in between, like if maybe officially calling myself old and not. And um, with that, I've, I've spent a lot of time and effort stopping my inherent desire to chase shiny things. Okay. Good. So with, with a serial entrepreneur, like I, I, I think in some cases that I like that. And then some cases I don't, as I've moved down the, the timeline in life, I'm trying to be way better at fewer things. So the serial part of, of entrepreneurship is in some cases, a really good thing. And then some cases can be very, very distracting. I mean, much like you talk about Sisu and before we hit record, you were telling me about how quickly the company has grown, which demands more of your focus. And so sometimes the other things that we do, like you mentioned, I'm also the founder of Gigabook, which is an online appointment scheduling platform. And that's had to be like backburnered a couple different times and a couple different things. Cause yeah. really in the end, all you can do is all you can do. So yeah, I'm trying to not overwhelm myself anymore. And I've been guilty of that in the past. So I, I would agree with that. Uh, I'm actually older than you and other than Elon Musk, I've, I've never seen anybody who can just really build a bunch of companies successfully. And if I look back to my younger days, I mean, there were times that I had, you know, two or three companies going 
And it's hard to put the proper amount of focus in any of those. And what happens is sometimes we have multiple businesses go under because we're not paying the, the right amount of attention. So like if, if you look at Sisu today, Sisu is my full-time focus. And I mean, you guys, I'm really excited today to have Matt in here because Matt kind of brings a little bit different perspective. Uh, a lot of our listeners, all of our listeners are business builders, but a lot of our listeners are in the real estate space. And I think Matt's going to bring some things here that are kind of outside of the typical stuff you guys hear and just really, really excited to, to dive in with you, Matt. So thanks for that clarity on, you know, the, the serial entrepreneur versus entrepreneur. And I would agree with that. I mean, that's my experience as well. Like Sisu is Sisu in this podcast are all I do. And this podcast is really to help our Sisu customers grow and scale their businesses. Yeah. So how did you get started as an entrepreneur? I, you know, I've read some things that you started in your, you know, spare bedroom. I know my company today, and, you know, I've started companies in basements and in garages. And my company today was started in this room I'm sitting in right now, which happens to be above my garage. But yeah, tell, tell me more about how you've, you've, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So how did you go get started? Let's go back in time here. I was born in 1975 and realized <laughs> that I was an entrepreneur I, as how that might actually start. You know, you, get, you can ask the question of are entrepreneurs born or are they made? I don't feel like I ever really had a choice in the matter. You know, I was always doing entrepreneurial things from the earliest times that I could remember. I think that people always identified that about me and pointed it out and did things to support it. Um, I mean, I even went back to, you know, like in high school, I started a, you know, when you have your address number painted on your curb, the little yeah. white box with the black letters. I, I did, I had a company for four years where I did that and we'd go out yeah. and make hundreds of dollars a day knocking on doors. So, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, but it wasn't, it honestly wasn't until later in life when I did some real stuff and I say real stuff, I think as an entrepreneur, your goal should always be to create something that's bigger than you. And so when I say big stuff, it's like things where you have real employees and pay taxes and, you know, have a business entity and stuff like that. And uh, you mentioned the, the spare bedroom. I actually wrote a book about one of these things. So I'd actually had a pretty successful professional career until I was about 30 years old. And uh, at which point I, I just, I was inherently unhappy with what I've been doing. I've been working in the music industry, but I wasn't unhappy because the industry, I was unhappy because I was traveling so much. So uh, at that point I had already dropped out of four colleges. So I figured why not try for a fifth? I applied to a top 10 business school at the University of Indiana. I used to live in Indianapolis at the time, had a business school, the Kelly School of Business that was in the top 10. So I was like, I don't have a shot at this, but I applied and I got in. And I was like, okay. So I quit my job and I went back to school as an adult. And about a year and a half into that experiment, I was running out of money. So I was really looking for something to do. Now, this is 13 years ago at this point. So I was really looking for something to do and I couldn't figure it out. And I wanted to finish school, but I ended up, uh, I ended up buying and selling some concert tickets online and uh, I made a couple bucks from that. And I was like, huh, I get this. So I, at that point I had just worked for Roland. That's the, the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments. And I had been around music and I just really felt that I understood what, people were passionate about and what they weren't. And, uh, 
and I saw a gap. You know, a lot of a lot of businesses are built upon market inefficiency. And with secondary ticket sales, that's exactly what that was. So there, and the, you, if you want to get into the dirty details in that, I wrote a book called Million Dollar Bedroom. So I started a business in the extra bedroom in my home. I had no money. I had no experience. And I, and at that point, all I had was about, I'd gone through a divorce, the housing bubble, and been back to school. So I had a credit card with an $8,000 limit, and I didn't feel like I had a whole lot to lose. So you know, that business generated $30 million in revenue over the next eight years and really became the springboard to everything that we do now. So it's where I hired my first employees in the Philippines. It's where I learned a lot of stuff about, you know, doing business. And, uh, you know, all that's led several years later. I haven't been in the, the ticket business for six years now, but uh, led to what we do at Full Scale and Gigabook and a lot of stuff. So I did it all with a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of resolve, a lot of Googling, and a lot of hustle. Thankfully, we have Google today, right? Because Google Google hasn't always been here. No, and Google definitely, yeah. I mean, Google's definitely like, I mean, well, I, I think that too many people say they can't do something and don't even like go to look at how, you know, they're, yeah. I don't have any experience. No one's ever taught me. I'm like, dude, me neither. I dropped out of that fifth school, by the way, when I started yeah. the other the, the, does, the business that was the million dollar bedroom. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. So something that I skipped over in your intro, and I want to make sure we hit on this, and I'm going to go there and we're going to come back to where we are. But this, you're a top selling author, you mentioned the million dollar bedroom, you also started or wrote a book, The Realist Guide to a Successful Music Career, which I'm guessing comes from something you just shared with us. So what I'm gathering here is, like, when you have an experience that you feel others deserve to learn and uh, grow from, you write a book about it. Is that, is that or how do a po- or, or do a podcast? Yeah. I think the, yeah. the thing that's, that's easily garnered the most hours of human attention is the start of puzzle podcast, which we just had our 800th episode, which is nuts. And we'll hit in 2022, we're on pace to hit 1000, our thousandth episode, but you know, I, so you mentioned like learning from Google or learning from experience, but, you know, always being someone that people identified as, as being entrepreneurial, as I give air quotes on your audio show, by the way. Um, <laughs> That's great. So, so, you know, I always had people that would offer me advice and I was never afraid to ask for it. So I had a lot of people help me along the way. They just identified that for some reason, and there were various, they either recognized something in me that reminded them themselves when they were younger, or just someone that had, that was worth maybe spending a little time on. And so I I really learned to appreciate and respect knowledge transfer. And, you know, knowledge transfer is something that goes as, you know, as old as humanity. And there was always a village elder that passed things down. And I just don't think that knowledge is meant to be kept. And I think if you keep it, it's selfish. 
So, you know, it's your, so I feel this as I, yeah, that's part of where I've been, you know, poking fun of myself for my own age. I'm like, I got a lot of catch up to do. And so I mentor a lot of people. And I think that there's a really profound impact that you have on people's lives and businesses. If you help, if you can find a way, there's no way to track this. There's no click through rate. There's no closing percentage. There's none of it exists other than knowing that you've put it out there because you can't track whether or not your advice help truly take someone on a detour away from a financial pitfall or something. So, you know, there's a ton of that. So giving it out there, the easiest platform is, you know, the the cool thing about podcasting is it gave guys like you and me an equal platform for distribution as a lot of other places. Now, you still got to promote these things and create quality content, but it is a somewhat equal playing field. So the same thing with writing books. So, you know, 1.4 million new books come out every year to stack on top of the entire history of literature. So it's like, how do you get found? And you put these things out there now. Yeah. The writing, so million dollar bedroom, my, which was my second book came out a few months after balance me. So balance me is a take on like how to get the most and be happy in life. I don't really believe in life balance because some people call that a life balance book. I dispel that myth pretty early, but you know, how to, how to find the right amount of personal, professional and physical activity. A million dollar bedroom I refer to as an educational narrative. That is literally walking through the whole process of starting that business, talking about all the the smart things we did and more of the dumb things we did. And then the third book was more of a passion project about the music industry. And that one was fun to write because I got actual real rock stars in that. Um, Like a member of Dave Matthews Band wrote our forward. And remember Huey Lewis? Huey Lewis oh, yeah. was in Huey it. Lewis he's from news. our, he's from our, yeah, that's, that's our generation, man. So, yeah. you know, talking to people, you know, everything from American Idol winners, Grammy award winners, famous songwriters, like in, and in that case, much like so many industries, you can work in the music industry and, and be the 99% of it. That's never seen. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that was my angle. I'm not a good, I'm not a good musician. I just know a bunch of people that are. So I wrote, I wrote it from that, from the startup angle, because bands are startups too. Oh yeah. You know, anything, and and anything, so many, uh, so many of them who are successful now have also, you talk about us having this equal medium where we can, we can share our podcast. Well, so many of them have shared their music now because they have this yep. same medium. I mean, even if you look at people like Justin Bieber, right. He started by sharing his music online. Yeah, may have never and, had and a you career. Can, I mean, you can and you can go viral. You can go yeah. viral, and you can do a lot of stuff. And like, yeah, it, I mean, really, it's just like anything else. That if so, people say, well, what's a startup? A startup's any business that doesn't come with an owner's manual. That's my definition of it. So I like. That. I mean, that can. Sisu didn't come with one. Any business that doesn't come with an owner's manual, I love it. Well, I mean, me that's the truth because it doesn't, you get some yeah. of it, you get some of it, some of it's inherent, but it doesn't come with it. Your business doesn't come with an, with a helpline or an owner's manual. You're a startup. Yeah. And if you were to buy a franchise, both of those come with an owner's manual or that comes with both an owner's manual and a helpline, but yes. you got to figure the rest of it out. If, if, if You know, what I'm learning and what I continue to learn and every business I've built, I learn more, but uh, a key thing right now is for me is staying focused on growing. So 
I need to be growing at a level higher than my company is growing to be able to continue to lead this company, right? So how, how do you do that? Like what, what's something that, cause this is a, this is something I'm going through right now too, trying to figure out like how to get that input, how to get it from the right people. Yeah. It's a big thing. Cause advice is everywhere, man. Yeah. But how do you get it from the right people? And then how often, how much of your time do you spend on that? Well, I find myself speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs that have had experience building companies that are much larger than my company. I also find myself reading at least a book a week right now. And that's not been my, that's not been my history in life. I've read plenty of books, but not a book a week. So, you know, and it, and it's, uh, it's, it's been amazing just constantly feeling like I have knowledge now flowing in, which has been, been amazing for me. So I want to talk about something though. You talked about the book, balance me, tell me more about this book. So balance me is my take on what it takes to have a successful life. And the, the main thing is, is that definition and equation is not set. It's different for all of us. It does everything from delve into like, so, so much of the reason that we don't get things done in life is, well, first off, it's almost always us. So on the very first page, I say, look, if you're not willing to admit that you are likely your biggest problem, just put the book back because I'm not going to be able to help you. And that's true. So it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and the thing is, is we really are people in general are very much their own biggest obstacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's songs have been written about this and stuff. So this isn't, this isn't a secret you know, but admitting that you're the gateway to all of your yeses and nos in life is an important thing. And then understanding, like, if you want to actually change, you have to have that strong desire to change. And that change itself doesn't, isn't permanent. It requires constant construction and reconstruction and revisiting as far as what you need. So the whole idea of the book is it's actually what I do is, and if those of you listening want to try something, grab a piece of paper, because this is a really easy exercise, draw two lines down a piece of paper and write personal, professional, and physical at the top. And you have a hundred percent of your own effort. So where does your effort go? It goes into one of those three categories. And then you know what, Brian, you, you get these people, they're like, yeah, I've given speeches on this. And they're like, I give 150%. Okay, not in this case. You don't get that this time, guy. You get 100% of your own real effort. So you ask people to put that in. You know, it's like this amount of my time goes to personal stuff. So personal things that aren't work and that aren't exercise or like health, okay? Uh, yep. Professionals work. So like all of it, any of it. And then physical is actual the amount of time you spend. That could be everything from preparing a healthy meal. It could also be things psychological, right? Like actually like downtime. And it can be physical. It can also be personal. So anyway, you have 100% of your own effort and you tell people to look at it. Then I say, okay, let's do this again. And I'd like you to write the same three columns. Where would you really like your effort to go? They're almost never the same. Mm -hmm. Like- And so the thing is, is so just through that very simple diagnosis, you can actually tell where you want to be as compared to where you're at. 
So, you know, like every, I mean, here's the reality is every, we know what we need to do, but we don't necessarily do it, but that's a very like, so you can just do some simple math and see where you're at. And then in each section of the book, I talk, there's a lot of very predictable things that really put us off course. Some of it's everything from, you know, we don't get a lot of things done because of stress and anxiety that is created with our inability to communicate with other people or sometimes just like be real with ourselves. So I even get into like personality types, like your personality type is what it is. And people often think, and this is a leadership example in entrepreneurship, it's my job to communicate the way that my employees and team members understand things best, not forcing them to adapt to my high type A personality, right? So I actually use the desk profile. I know a lot of people get into like these things that are like, I'm an EJN43C89. I'm like, you're driven, influential, steadfast, or conscientious. The D and the I's are the type A and the others type D. It's pretty easy to keep it straight there. Like I'm a high type A, which means that what makes me tick and what I care about are inherently very different from people that are steadfast or conscientious. And like my wife is there, by the way, my wife is literally the only personality type that can put up with me. So under, (laughs) but understanding that now she wants to look at, she cares about things above the equal sign and the process of getting there. I'm more of a, give me the bottom line. Tell me where it's at. You know, the sausage was already made. Did we actually get sausage, you know? So, but that's not the right way to communicate to that person. So a lot of times we create a lot of friction and problems with ourselves personally and professionally by our own ability to do that. And then also having an understanding. So when you're stressed or tired, you are guaranteed to show your worst personality traits. So being able to recognize when those are um, like, you know, what, Brian, I am not a good morning person. Like I actually have like structured so much of my day around not doing things until I've been awake for a full hour. Because I go back and it's just a little bit of self-understanding. It's not when I function the best. It's not when I communicate the best, but there are, okay. So that's when I should spend time, maybe getting some exercise, waking up, doing some other things. So, you know, some of that. And then, then I think on a general achievement level, you know, so much of that book is about, figuring out what you want and you reverse engineer your success. So when it comes to goals and achievements, yeah, understanding that the most valuable things you can do at any point of your day are things that move you towards your goals, regardless of what, of which of those three P's that they're in. If you're doing stuff that doesn't move you towards your goals, that is less valuable than the things that do. So trying to have people understand that and that, You know, and then another thing too is also like, you know, you really only just need to get a little bit better every day and uh, doing better than you did yesterday also prevents you from like getting into a rut and really falling off a cliff. So, I mean, there's a lot to it and, and there is, so people have asked me with that. They said, well, what's the perfect percentage? There isn't one. It's different for everybody. Yep. So it's about figuring out what that is for you. And it can be as simple as just writing it down on that sheet of paper. Well, that's, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited to read your book, Balance Me. I'm a, I'm very passionate about that. I went to all the Tony Robbins stuff about seven years ago. You know, he has you do this balance, Will. I don't know if you've been through that, but you mm-hmm. put in all your different categories. So, you you know, you have growth, contribution, relationships, business, right? You have all the same thing. And you put like, how balanced are is this, Will? Right. And 
does it actually flow? And, uh, you know, over the last five years, I've put a tremendous amount of attention into that. But certainly, you know, when you're a CEO of a company, you need to have a lot of commitment go in there. And if you want to keep your relationship alive with your spouse and family, you need to focus on that too. So it's important to schedule everything, right? And well, and, well, if you if you overinvest in one category, the others come to claim the balance. Yes. So the yes. main thing with like professional people and entrepreneurs is they often put like ninety percent of their effort into professional. Now here's the thing. Here's the reality. If you don't pay attention to personal and professional, like good luck putting 90% of your focus on it. If you're going through a divorce or if your kids are in trouble because you were non-existent, or if you have a health incident, you know, like, I mean, you don't have to like train for a marathon to stay active. Yeah. I mean, some of it's just like, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I would say I've learned personally, that health is absolutely my number one. Because if you can't, yeah, because if it doesn't, if it's not there, you can't do anything else. Yeah. Without that, I can't lead anybody. Without that, I can't be there for my family. Without that, you know, I can't have the energy or excitement or, you know, even feel good enough. It's, it's everything in life without. Uh, and it's usually what people leave last. Yeah. That's what most people prioritize last. So anyway, again, this has been, it's, it's really been a a fun journey for me to come to this. And, you know, what I find is if I don't keep growing, I forget these things. Right. And then you go back to old habits. So anyway, one of the things you talked about is always giving, you know, and you didn't talk about the fact that when you give, you get, and I've come to see this as kind of be like a, universal law or principle that when you're giving, you receive more the universe or God or whatever, you know, whatever it is to you, when you're giving to others, when you're contributing, you're also being blessed. How do you feel about that? That's, that's my perception. I want to, I want to get your take on that. Well, I think that I've definitely learned that if you help everybody else get what they want, you usually get what you want. Uh-huh. There's one little twist on it because I believe everything you just said is true. So this is actually a Buddhist thing and they encourage giving without expectation of return. Yes. So like, that's yes, like, absolutely. So, so that's like the anonymous donor, not the donor. That's like, Hey, look at my name over the entrance. You I'm know, so, so glad you brought that, that up. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's not like, the minute you give or help somebody or do whatever you do and your purpose is that they will do something for you or that they will recognize you. It loses. At that that point, it's at that point, it's selfish, right? It's not, you're not doing it for them. And at that point you don't get anything back, right? Because you're not there for the right reason. So I I love that you brought that clarity to that. Anything else you want to add to that? Matt? No, I think, well, I think it's important because I think that when you do stuff like that, uh, you talk about being a leader and entrepreneur and business, you know, and your business gets big. I mean, all 250 of my employees worldwide do not have the same goals and desires and things that they want to get. So, you know, sometimes that's just a matter of asking. And 
I, and I'm not afraid to do that. Like, I mean, we even do that when we're interviewing people. Like I wanted to, it's part of our assessment process. It's like, what do you want now? What do you need later? Like, what are your goals? Like both professionally and it's good, important to, to, to separate those as well. Cause you know, like, I don't know, there's a lot to be asked and a lot that can go into it, but yeah, I think overall it's easier to rally people around you if they think that you're, you're not just in it for what you want. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and if, and if you are in it just for you, you usually don't get it right. If it's just yep. all about you. Yep. So you were talking earlier about advice. I want to go back to this. You know, you've received advice from a lot of people and I can tell you every business I've started, I've received a lot of advice from a lot of people as well. And sometimes that's great advice. And usually I find that great advice comes from somebody who has built something bigger than what you are building. The, the free advice that you don't want, in my experience, is typically those, that advice that comes from the people closest to you. That could be your parents, it could be your family, it could be your spouse, it could be other people that you talk to, you know, that are in the same line of work, but they're the people that tell you you're crazy, you're never going to be able to do this, you know, all that. So how, how do you, Matt, go to the right people for advice? You're going to put me on my soapbox, Brian. I need to. I mean, you I, know you've got to, I, know no. you, I know you have things to say about all this. So I want I, to hear it. So I get, I get myself in trouble with this and I'm just, I'll tell you why. So as an entrepreneur, I have a very difficult time taking advice on entrepreneurship from people that have not sat in my seat. And, and I, and you know what, and I'm not afraid to admit, I'm not afraid to say that out there. So the problem I've got is sometimes you create certain things. Like I've created this platform, this podcast that 3 million people have downloaded, had been listened to that many times. So I often find my own comments and statements come back in certain ways, but I don't really want to come to your panel on entrepreneurship with people on it that don't haven't been entrepreneurs. So you, you do not have my attention. I'm sorry. Like, and, and, you know, I see them all the time, all the time, but you don't know until you've done it. It's the same thing with parenting. Like until you've had a kid, I don't give advice on parenting because you don't know. Yeah. Um, I think the best general advice that I've received and okay. So I didn't make this quote. So don't quote me on Twitter on this. This, ha this has happened. I get quoted on not my quote, but the best advice I've ever received was several years ago. Someone said to me, he said, what, Matt, what's easier, trying to climb to the top by yourself or asking those on top to pull you up? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. And ever since that really sunk in, I spent all my time looking up which means I didn't care about the opinions, input, and advice of people that haven't done what I've done, haven't experienced what I've experienced, or don't have the level of expertise around things that I need help with. Instead, I look up the whole time and I've, sh I've spent a lot of time yelling, hey, can I get a hand? Because yeah. the people that are up there, they're looking up too. They don't inherently notice you until you get their attention. And you will find that those people are if, if they are like you, they are almost always willing to reach down and give you a hand and pull you up a little bit. Now, you can't just be dead weight. You got to still bring yourself up. But I think part of that continuing to pull others up 
that want to be where you're at as a part of it too. Cause if all of a sudden you're just the person that everyone's pulling up to the top and you're not helping anyone else out, you know, when it comes to the advice, like I said, it's a, now that doesn't mean that I won't take advice or I won't listen to what other people say. It just doesn't have my attention at the same level. Like when it comes to entrepreneurship. Now right. it might be about business. It could have an academic or someone else, but in, I feel like entrepreneurship and I know you get this. I know you get it because I don't ever talk to entrepreneurs that have a lifetime of experience at this stuff that don't feel the same way. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, I think so, 100% yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> and I, and I don't want to feel, uh, I don't want to sound overly highbrow about that. Cause there's a lot of things you can learn from other, like now I've learned stuff from young, younger entrepreneurs all the time. Oh yeah. They're entrepreneurs about, we're talking about entrepreneurship. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, I think some of that's important. I think it's really, you know, you, one thing you mentioned is the, so you get friends, family. Uh, you, so what's the difference between being a genius and being crazy? Like, okay, so what is it? It's all the answer is who cares? Because those are all external opinions about what you're doing. Yep. Right. So the thing <laughs> is, is like it for me, if someone doesn't tell me I'm crazy, I don't know if I have a good idea yet. Like it's that level of like until people aren't understanding what you're doing it and how you're doing it, you haven't really forged your way into any new area or done anything. And, you know, yeah. so one of the things too, I mentioned, so I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this as well, but so I've literally been studying in depth, especially this last six months, what makes people do genius things and genius. There's a, there's a huge understanding misunderstanding between the difference of talent and genius. So talent is being able to hit the target that everybody can see. A genius hits the target. No one even knew it's there. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge difference. Now, I'll tell you, for the people that do genius stuff, none of them care about the outside noise. They don't care about what they don't care about. Hey, you're crazy. You'll never be able to do that. And then really, in the end, they'll call you crazy until they call you a genius. Uh, as, you're, as you're speaking all this, I mean, I, I can think of so many examples, but I think the most obvious is is really Elon Musk, right? I mean, everyone sure. everyone called him crazy when he started Tesla. I'm going to move he, a million said, people start, to Mars, right? Then he said, yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going I'm to build a community on Mars, right? I'm going to do SpaceX. All of a sudden, people have called him crazy for the last 20 years. All of a sudden, people believe him, right? Yeah. And Still so, the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. The none Still of that, none, of that, none yeah. of that turned him back from doing any of that. So... Yeah. Yeah. But that's the key, man. Like for me, it's been drowning out the noise. So, and I, yeah. and I create too much of that noise for myself. Cause one thing is if you want to create something like we did at startup hustle, a podcast and all that, you got to keep in mind that you're, you've, you're creating a platform quote influence or attention that a lot of other people want to create. And they will be the first pe people to throw stones at you. Yeah. Like, and don't, don't like, and one thing I've learned is don't ever create a podcast and expect any other form of media to give you any attention. You'll get okay, other I wanna, podcasts. I want to dive in. Yeah. I want to dive into your podcast <laughs> before we do that. There's something else I wanted to hit on there. Um, when I started CSU, you know, I jumped in to help my wife grow her real estate business. I had never been in real estate, right? I'd been an entrepreneur. I'd built some software companies. I'd bought some franchise companies. And all of a sudden I come in with this whole different perspective. 
And the first thing when I see the vision of starting CSU and I see this big gap in the industry of, hey, why hasn't anyone done this, right? Like this industry needs this, but everyone in the industry told me I was crazy. Everyone in the industry told me it was stupid. Everyone in the industry told me that people have tried this, you know, it was, it was interesting. The people from the real estate industry are all the people who told me you'll never be able to be successful with that. With one exception, my wife, she's from the real estate industry and she believed in me. But anyway, I I just find it interesting. The naysayers, right? Like you said, so when you have a great idea, it's most people and, and it's that genius idea. People are not going to believe it's even possible for you to do it, but it's all about the execution and you believing in yourself and continuing down that road. So yeah, by, um, by the way, there's a, there's a, a belief when it comes to like, okay, in the event that there's life everywhere and some of it's a billion years ahead of us. The idea is that some of that technology or understanding could be so far ahead of where we're at that it just literally looks and feels like magic. So you tell yourself like, no, there's no way it's gotta be something. It's gotta be magic. It can't, you know, cause right. I mean, most of the time people just, Oh, well, no one could do that. It was like with Elon Musk. I mean, talking about putting a million people on Mars and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you could probably do that, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I think that's in the, in the entire history of innovation, entrepreneurship, and just all of it, there's always, I mean, the world couldn't have been round, you know, the sky wasn't this, there wasn't that, yeah. you know, it's like, and until it was. So yeah, our viewpoints are so minuscule, right? We only see oh, yeah. what we see. And there is so much more out there. Are I was, I was talking, I was talking about this the other day. I was like, okay, so at close to 50 years old, history has actually changed. Like literally like what I was taught as a child is different than what they're teaching my children. And that's a very small amount of time considering like all of it. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, it's crazy. If you think of, let's just take, go back to 1980, right? So from 1980 to today, it's 40 years, right? 1980 doesn't seem that long ago. So when you and I were kids in 1980, now go back to 1940 and think how much things have changed from 1940 to 1980. And now things are changing at such an accelerated rate because of technology. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're changing every five years what used to take 40 years, right? Yep. So, all right. Well, you have this podcast, one of the top entrepreneur podcasts. Congratulations, by the way. It's very cool. You're doing five episodes a week. I do one a week. So (laughs) you do five episodes a week. I don't personally do five. So there's more than one of us. So, yeah. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that's the case. Now I've been on it, you know, we've had still haven't even counted. It's on our list of things to do. It's estimated that I have been on 600 of 800. Okay. So, yeah. So, but I mean, how do you do it? Like I'm scheduled and I don't know, I didn't schedule it, but someone scheduled it for me. I know I'm scheduled to be on your podcast, but I know it was like two months out or three months out. So like you guys are booking so far out, how do you, I mean, and you're just booking with entrepreneurs, which, which is amazing. How do you, how do you get these people 
on your show. Like that's that there are so many shows that you're doing. How do you keep that vibrant and entertaining? You know, Um, there's a talent to that. There is, well, yes. So there's a few things. Some of it's got to be built. Well, first off, you have to be organized and you have to be efficient. So uh, we use Gigabook for that, which helps us do all the booking, the automation, the follow-up, all of that. You know, I do have a team of people. It's not just me, but we sit down and, you know, prior to, so we're recording this in 2022, but, you know, prior to the beginning of the year, I mean, we sit down and come up with a whole lot of topics. And we also, at this point, exclude a whole lot of topics because maybe we beat that a, a little, that drum a little too much in the past. So, uh, or maybe, maybe that, times have changed, right? I mean, we're, well, right. we're, in, we're sometimes in a we'll update year. it. Yeah. And we'll do that too. So sometimes you're right. Sometimes we haven't bit, talked about that for a while. Let's do a recap. So a few of the things that give us some built-in stuff. So I think if you want to publish that regularly, you got to have your built-in. So we pick a new city every month and, and do research and decide who that city's top startups are. And then we reach out to offer those companies, founders or CEOs or leaders, a spot on the show. So there's that. Um, and so that that's, you know, anywhere that's, you look at, so the average month, you've got anywhere from 20 to 23 weekdays in it. So those are the spots you have to fill if you're going to, it's about 252 a year, I believe. And then uh, so you got to kind of eat into that a little bit. So about a quarter of it's there. And then also, so my, my business partner, Full Scale, who's the, who I started Startup Hustle with, is uh, we, do, we just finished a 52-part series about how to start a tech company. So some of it, that's a built-in. So we know we got to still research it and figure, you know, like we want to sound somewhat smart when we're broadcasting to the world. And then... <laughs> What we did halfway through 2022 is once I realized we were building a fairly big platform, I wanted to widen the lens a little bit because Matt and I are both kind of tech centric. And so we added two other hosts, one of, one of which is a lady named Lauren Conaway, who's the founder of Innovate Her. So quite honestly, she handles a lot of the stuff that I am not brave enough to talk about on some days. And then we added another guy, Andrew Morgans, who's the CEO and founder of a company called Marknology. And Marknology is an Amazon brand acceleration. So they basically help sell stuff on Amazon. So we added two really big wedges to the to the pie that you know, because like you get so now Lauren's right. very well versed at at discussing. I mean, social issues are a, are a a challenging topic, you know, like, and, and so some of that is, but I didn't want to avoid them. So we added more people to the lineup and she, she's very well suited for that. I jump in on some of that stuff, but I mean, overall, I prefer to not talk about religion, sex, or politics on my shows. So my shows are almost always with founders, like Mm -hmm. you're going to be on it. You know, you're scheduled at right. some point. And then, and then I, here's the key is if you want to keep, keep the, the wheel to stop from stopping spinning, you got to be way out ahead of it. So you mentioned like doing it in the future. Um, I mean, we, we, we get a lot of people that go to startuphustle.xyz and they apply to be on the show. We have a whole process for that. For a lot of it, it's reaching out and just kind of like finding the right people. But one thing I've, I've learned is that you should never be afraid to ask because people really like talking about themselves. So it's almost an, always a yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. 
All right. We, we just have a few minutes here, Matt. I would love, I'd love for you to dive a little bit deeper into the podcast. And I know this is an area that people ask you about all the time, but a lot of the people listening to the show have podcasts. Sure. You know, if you're in real estate, a lot of these top real estate leaders are focused on sharing and, and, you know, helping others find the answers to really grow their business. And, and instead of having to learn the hard way, right. How do you, how do you monetize on that? Like I have this podcast, I'm doing this podcast strictly so that people who are growing businesses can accelerate that growth and learn from people like you that have, you know, have built several successful companies and can really make it easier for them. But I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Like what, what is the next step to take that podcast to the next level where, where you're actually, I mean, some people, maybe their goal is to just be a podcast host, right? How do you get to that? So I, I gave a, before the pandemic started, it was the last time I gave a speech to real people in public. And it was just a couple of months before that. I actually, so Global Entrepreneur Week was here in Kansas City. And we put in, I put in to record a show or to do a presentation that got sold out two times and moved to a third space that finally put enough people in this, in the room to, you know, meaning like first room was full. So they put me in a bigger room and then that got too many. And then they put us in a really big room. And I had like, by the time that showed, I think we had about 150 people in that room. The first thing I, I did was I, out, and you know, you talk about being a realist. So that's the word I use about myself. And I, I asked everyone at the beginning, I said, who's here because they think that they want to start a podcast and have that be their job. And 80% of the room raised their hand. And I was like, I, first <laughs> off, I was not expecting that. thought it would be more like 20%. And I said, well, I don't want to burst your bubble, but that's probably not going to happen. Right. So like when you talk about monetizing it from a strictly like, hey, I'm going to sell ads and make money from that. It, you got to have a lot of listeners. You got to have a lot of downloads. You got to have a lot of plays or you have to operate in a niche that is really, really valuable. Now, fortunately for us at Startup Hustle, we're in that niche. that's really valuable and we have a lot of listeners, but we went 300 shows before we ever tried to ever accept a sponsor. We weren't even, we didn't even care, you know, so you got to get ready to put the work in. Now with that, we mentioned earlier giving with no sense of return. I don't think that's the right way to, I think you should have some of that in your thought process if you go to start a podcast, but it is fair to expect some return from what you're doing because you know you can still help that first part. You can still give to people. Podcasts are free. So with that, we've had a money back guarantee on Startup Hustle, the whole 800 episodes. If you don't like it, we'll give you your money back and it's free. So, but you can you have to accomplish a couple of things. One, so we accomplish a number of different things. Well, A, we do actually sell ads and I'm fine telling you that we get anywhere from 20 to 30 grand a month right now. So that's turned into like a whole nother business for us. We're like, wow, yeah. but we turn that around and use it to promote the show. Yeah. So, you know, that's gone well, but we didn't start doing that until about a year and a half ago. The main thing I think for most people is, okay, so you can get, you can learn from talking to other people. 
So the amount of time you get with someone, you might not even be able to get that call or that meeting or that conversation, right? And then those same people, if you, so I mentioned going and finding top startups in city, in a different city every single month. And we plan that out a year and a half in advance. Those people oftentimes become our clients because when you, when you like Brian, our relationship will always be different after this call. Yes. Right. And that's just the way it goes. So yes, you know is. that and you put yourself in a situation where you can have. So, look, your guest has the upside of the free promotion. Sometimes it's a fun conversation. And once again, people like to talk about themselves. Right. So it's not that hard of an ask or you can have it. So like there's there's other components but just know that you got a long climb. If you don't already have a big social media following, like if you don't have like 200,000 followers on Instagram or something like that, it's, it, there's a lot of noise out there. Like uh-huh. it's hard to get noticed. You're not going to just start the podcast, but then people ask me all the time. So like, I just went through this the other day. So we have a suite at the, at the T-Mobile center, which is the arena here in town. And we use it to invite entrepreneurs, influencers, and investors to just come meet each other. So we're at a show and there was a, a local uh, podcaster that, that had, uh, you know, had come in and, you know, like the, the questions are always the same. They're like, you know, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? And all that. And I said, look, you need to just, you, well, A, you got to keep doing it. You got to make sure your content doesn't stink. You got to make sure your audio quality doesn't stink, by the way. All right. So there's a few things there because that's make people don't, don't create a whole list of reasons for people to turn yours off, which by the way, the number one reasons for that are uh, poor audio quality and too many ads, right? And you got to just, and you have to keep grinding with it. So like, you know, so all of this put together, like you got, and you got to be consistent. So if you're, and we were so bad at that in our first 50 episodes, like sometimes we went a month and a half and didn't publish an episode at one point. <laughs> and like, now we're angry if something happens and it doesn't come out at 5 a.m. Central. Yeah, But, you know, you got to set it up in a way. And I also am a big believer in the, con- I don't like interviews, you know, like we, it, and for those of you listening, Brian and I even talked about that before he hit record, like, Hey, this is, we're going to have a conversation. You see where it goes. I like the free form of, of having that discussion with people and understanding it, but you know, all that stuff wrapped together. And then, you know, and honestly find some help if you can, if you can find a way to, like you guys did a, the, a really great job. Um, I got multiple reminders um, that that kept me on track. Now I had yeah. already had it in my calendar, but you know there was a nice young man that emailed me the reminder that let me know it's like, hey, you're on the show tomorrow, and then it was like, hey, you're on in thirty minutes. Right. So the thing is, is like these are all good things, and they were you know either either uh, either set in a way that you know, like was automated or someone else was doing it. So you get some help with that. And then, uh, you know, so then the next thing is, is like, so I, I, sorry, I took the long path to this. I get passionate about this, but so, so other podcasters will ask me, they'll say, well, I don't feel successful. I'm like, well, tell me why they're like, cause I see in start a puzzle chat on Facebook that you just got your, your number 13 for all entrepreneurs. I was like, I had episode one too, man. Like any of that. So the question is, <laughs> is, is, is people will be like, well, I, I said, well, 
how many downloads do you get? And they'll be like, I'm on like a hundred per episode. I'm like, that's really good. They're like, it doesn't feel like it. I said, if a hundred people showed up tomorrow to hear what you had to say, would that be worth your time? And then they're like, oh yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be amazing. I said, well, what's the difference? Yeah. What's the difference? A hundred people listening when they can, how they can, or showing up live, you weren't going to probably talk to all hundred of them in person anyway. So like, really it's, it's back to that whole genius or crazy thing. If you think you're successful, you are. And if that's, I mean, and, and what difference, so would a hundred people listening to this show, like realtors, like realtors are always, if I'm ever lonely, I just mention on Facebook that I want to sell my house and I've got 20 new friends in my messenger asking me about it. I'm joking about that. Isn't that, it's, <laughs> it's true though, right? Isn't that like, or if you yeah. need a loan or something else, oh, but, yeah. you know, the, and I really don't do that. But, but the main thing is, it's like, what can you do to get it out there and put it out there? Now, here's the thing is these are digital assets. And if your show grows and you stay consistent, people still go back. And I, I almost wish they wouldn't go back to episode one, which was terrible compared to what we do now. Well, and, right. and the time, and it was, and it was a year ago or two years ago, right? So four, four, four and a half at this in, point. In your case, yes. So, I mean, I'll share my story here. So, I started this. I I don't even know how long ago it was. We do one episode a week, and it was ninety something. We're almost to episode a hundred. So, you know, I don't know, almost a year and a half ago. So, or I guess longer than that. But I I remember like the feeling of, is anybody ever going to listen to this? Like, why would somebody listen to this? And then, um, you know, and now I still don't have anywhere near the number of listeners you have, of course, but it's what I love is when I'm just out and about in public or somebody messages me on Facebook or Instagram and they're like, Hey, you know what? I was listening to your podcast and I heard this and I really, you know, and it's like changing their world. And that's, that's why I do this. So. And that's the, that's the giving without the sense of return because yeah. you didn't do it hoping for that message. Yeah. 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 I didn't do it's it okay, it's okay to want to move your business and everything else forward and you still get that giving thing. And I, and I get, I've had, man, I've had messages from all over the world at this point and it, and it, you know, and I always take them in and I always say thanks because, you know, that those, that, that is motivating. Just knowing that someone out, and if you think about it, humans literally have an infinite number of choices for where they can point their attention and their focus. So if they're paying attention to anything that you're doing, be humble about it and, and show some gratitude. Yes. Yeah. So the last thing I'm going to talk about here, you just talked about being humble and I, you know, you were talking earlier about advice and why you know, you go to advice for these certain people. And for a while you were just grinding, 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 not going to these people above you. And I think the only thing that would stop you from going to someone up here to pull you up the mountain, as you were talking about, Matt, it's really ego. That's the only thing that would stop you. A lot of times we let our ego get in the way. Like I can do this. I can do this. If somebody's been there, somebody's done it and they're willing to give you advice Take advantage of that. I mean, you can save yourself years by asking somebody for advice and having to learn it the hard way. So I just wanted to hit on that. I, I meant to talk about that earlier. And we, that we just would, that would at moving. this point, that would never stop me. If anything, I, I would, I would make it 
I would make it obvious that I'm coming with my hat in my hand, you know, yeah. like, and, and so there, by the way, I'm, I'm glad you decided to bring this up again. Cause I think that there's a very, very, very important part of all of this. And this is, I see people mess this up with me a lot. You have to make it easy for people to help you. Right. So many That's people like, advice. you know, like I don't want to come meet you an hour away at Starbucks for a free coffee because $4 is not worth an hour of, or two hours of my time. Like mm-hmm. you, if you make it really easy, I had actually had someone come to my house last Friday because it was someone that I mentored before. And I was like, Hey, you know, if and they take my own advice, he'd heard me say that he's like, how can I make it easiest for you to help yeah. me? Okay, yeah. you can be here at 2.30 tomorrow and you got to be gone by four. Okay, I'll be there. What's your address? Boom. So like if you if, if you make it easy for people to help you, more people will help you. It's just and he still, got an, he still got an hour and a half of your time. He did. A very and, focused you know, half. If you had to drive 30 yep. minutes, if you had to drive 30 minutes each direction, you would have had a- But I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't have done it because yeah. I, I mean, I was already feeling like- like busy, but you made it easier for me. It makes it a lot more palatable. So if you ask someone for their help, their time, their effort, their money, any of that, you know, I say things like, just tell me where I can be, how long I got and anything else I can do to make this easy. If you tell me that I have to come at 3 a.m. on any given day, if I want your help or input, I'm going to be there at that time. Well, I, I like that you shared, he asked the question, how can I make this easy on you? Yeah. Well, he was using my own advice. I get that yeah. a lot. That, and by the way, that's how I always know if someone's been listening to the podcast yes. or reading my books, because they'll quote the exact part. You, you get people that'll, they'll be like, I read your book. You said, oh, really? What part do you like? They're like, oh, I really liked all of it. That person didn't read your book. Right. <laughs> yeah. Someone else. So they'll say, the, you know, there's that part where you're telling that story about where Amex cut your credit limit in half and you smashed your phone after I was like, yeah, that happened but you know, they read the book. It's yeah. the same thing with podcasts. So yeah, but yeah. So the question uh, I have for all of make you, make it easy, you, make it easy. Are you guys all going to go back to episode number one of this, of the startup hustle podcast, or are you going to start right now? Based on Matt's advice, he's saying start right now, but I think you're going to start and then you're going to say, you know what? I'm yeah. enjoying this so much. I'm going to go back. Well, we, we've, we intentionally have, there are almost no episodes that have company names or guest names in them. So we did it on purpose when we knew we wanted to step up. So we went from like sporadically to two days a week, to three days a week, to four days a week, to five days a week. And there's a lot in the feed. So, you know, it's like, if I, if I put your name, I put Sisu in there and then there's very little space left for what we're going to talk about it makes it really difficult for people to go through a long list. Yes. And it also ruins your SEO value, by the way, there's a little hint for you. Cause you know, so, so you look through and if you, and you make it easy for people that, so you can go to startup hustle and look through the feed and you can find all kinds of topics and all kinds of things. And you know what? Some of them are captivating for some listeners and some of them will never be touched by others. It just is what it is. So yeah, we look at it as a library. Well, Matt, I could spend hours here talking to you. I've got, I mean, as I'm talking to you, I just keep having things come to mind. It's like, okay, I'm asking, I want to ask him about that. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell our listeners to go search your podcast, listen to it if they're not already listening to it and do exactly what you just said. Find the areas that are of interest to you because I mean, Matt has a wealth of knowledge, which he just dropped a little clue 
around SEO, but sales and marketing and entrepreneurship, those are his expertise, which, you know, everybody listening to this, you guys are in a sales business. So uh, everyone in business is in a sales business and a marketing business. So if you don't know sales and marketing, those are things you absolutely must learn. So Matt, hey, it's been really fun just getting to know you. And, uh, you know, I know we've worked with you for a long time. It's been primarily my business partner, Frank, leading that. And uh, anyway, excited. Like you said, once I have somebody on the show, I always have a different relationship with them and uh, it's special. I love it. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I really, really value your time and value what you shared with us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U.co. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.